0: Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Well, today I have my friend Brad Miller with me, and it's one of those, uh, just love Brad. And uh, we had a little exchange back and forth, and he shared some information about what was going on with him and thought, you know what? It's time that Brad and I talk again. Only this time, instead of just shooting the shit, let's actually record a podcast, right? Because I think Brad is a pretty cool guy. And uh, he's, he's uh, been doing some interesting stuff that I think, um, again, anybody who's listening to this can learn from. So the fact that you're sitting here listening to this right now or driving in your car, listening to this, wherever you are, the fact that you're listening to this means that there's something in today's episode that you need to hear and probably something that you could share with other people as well. So with that, let's roll that episode with Brad. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic accepting and loving yourself more and spreading love to others since really all you need is love and what the world needs now is love sweet love we discuss all aspects of self-improvement growth and so much more great content insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens you're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. All right, Brad. It's good. <laughs> for people that are watching the video, they can see you smirking, but it's like, you know, the whole time anyway, it's Just just making me laugh. How are you doing, man? Good. How are you? <laughs> I know, you know, it's going to be a great episode because we're starting off laughing before we even get into anything, right? That's right. Ah. So just take it, take a little breath. And then we just start getting into it right now. You know, for people that are listening, they're probably going to be thinking, okay, now why on earth do we want to listen to a podcast by a guy who was trained as a CPA and another guy who was trained as an attorney? This is going to be a lot of fun, right? Because you're an attorney by trade, I think, right? That's right. And, um, But you don't necessarily fit the normal attorney mold, at least in, 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 in my estimation, at least how we've met and some of the stuff that we've talked about as well. Um, And so I was hoping that we could kind of get in, get into some of that because I know, you know, again, as I've watched you, my kids, my kids are grown and gone already. So I've already screwed them up. Now it's their responsibility, but, but you have a daughter. How, How old is your daughter now? She's. She is seven years old. Seven. That's a yeah. great age. Okay. And what's your name? Evelyn. Eve. Uh, so I have to tell you folks, Brad sent me a picture of his daughter, Evelyn, and it just melted my heart. <laughs> okay. And we're going to get in and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit of what the picture probably was, but uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of respect for guys like Brad, Um, who were being good dads out there and raising kids and so I thought it'd be good to talk a little bit about that but before we can really get into that it's almost nice to have a little origin story so so here we go here we go Brad you got the little the little nod back right but let's let's just talk a little bit about you know how you grew up you know why you became an attorney. And kind of the journey that's gotten you to kind of where where you are today, uh, because I know at least for the last few years, and I'm not sure exactly when it happened, things started changing in your life, right? And you started becoming a different person. And so, so kind of share, you know, where where it started and how the change started for you. Well,
1: tell my origin story. There, so there was a spider, and <laughs> um, oh, wait, that's that's a different
0: origin story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some little amoebas from the sea and it uh, rolled you know, up and yeah which which the radiation,
1: <laughs> it was just a whole whole crazy ordeal really um and somehow i made it out un- relatively unscathed and um you know my superpowers of of uh you know flight and everything else like that really didn't develop so i can't really help with that um like, like the greatest
0: uh, american hero or pretty that- much yeah okay pretty much
1: yeah um <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, I mean, I, I I grew up um in a rural farming community. Um my 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 dad was a factory worker, mom was a teacher, and it was a relatively kind of religious, I would say, area. Um and and kind of grew up that way. Um Looking back, I kind of, real, you know, looking back at that time, I realized I really didn't have a lot of friends and I didn't really fit in. And at the time, I suppose I didn't really understand why that was. And, and honestly, probably didn't really care a lot of the times um, you know, outside of, you know, playing maybe baseball with the neighbors or things like that. Um, honestly, a lot of growing up was spent by myself. And again, kind of looking back, I suppose maybe it makes a little more sense, maybe why that was, um, why I didn't quite fit in with, with everybody else. Um, but, um, but yeah, but grew up, um, you know, and, and that uh, household and somewhere probably early high school, um, after having watched um, all those fun law shows on television, uh, I think the one particularly was the practice with. Uh, with Dylan McDermott at the time, um, thought, you know what, I, I, I kind of like that judge guy in there, um, and I think I want to do that. I think that I want to be that 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 person that sits up there and commands the courtroom and helps profess judge, you know, justice and all that kind of stuff. And and so I kind of got in my head that, you know what, I want to be a judge. That's that's what I want to do. Um, and obviously, to be a judge, you've got to go to law school. You be a lawyer first. So that kind of set my path of where I wanted to be. Um, and again, going into, into high school, early high school, that was kind of my plan. I remember um, senior year of high school, you know, they have you take like personality assessments and things like that to try to help you decide what you might want to do and all that kind of stuff. Um, and my assessment said things like, you should be a teacher or a social worker. It um, said you know, basically the opposite end of where it said an attorney would be. Um, and I remember saying myself, you know what, I don't care what that says, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to be a judge anyway, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and so that kind of started off my journey, I suppose, into the law. Um, I wouldn't say I was necessarily that there's anything about the law in particular that I really, that, that kind of really got me out, um, I just kind of liked what I saw on the television honestly. Um, and so I, I kind of figured that's, I, I wanted to do that. I want to be in that world, I guess. Um, you know, and I don't like getting my hands dirty. So medical school and that kind of stuff was kind of out like blood and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. I'm completely out of that. So I, hear, I um, hear
0: you on that one. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to be like, you know, doing autopsies on cadavers or anything mm, else. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and while again, looking back, I, was probably very good at math at the time. Um, I had in my head that I wasn't. And so Mm -hmm. that also kept me from going the route of like a CPA like you, um, because I would told myself that I'm not very good at math. Um, There are not people that I'm not as smart as some of the people, you know, despite the fact that I was in the honors type classes and all that kind of stuff on math, um, you know, calculus and that kind of stuff like that and did well in them. I still kind of had that voice inside my head saying, "You know what, math is just probably not your thing. You're better off sticking to histories and and you know science and things like that." So um, that kind of I guess led or or kind of took me up to to um, to go into uh, to college, um, you know, and went to college kind of as a pre law major, which really means absolutely nothing. Um, which Mm -hmm. just means I kind of ultimately want to be a lawyer, but um, still have to figure something out and um, eventually decided, you know, I kind of like this history stuff that I was studying. Um, You know, I I really enjoyed that in in high school and uh, enjoyed, you know, American history and military stuff and enjoy talking about, you know, Romans and Greeks, all that kind of thing. So uh, history is the way I went. Hmm
0: yeah it's, it's funny how we uh i almost became an attorney myself right so it, i i think probably so you know some of the same stuff you know you watch some of those those tv tv shows and it's like oh man i'd like to be that right i wanted to be i wanted to be a criminal defense attorney cuz i just thought those guys were the badasses right um and 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 for a while there then because i i when i was in high school i i did some work for the idaho legislature and thought I wanted to go into politics. And so, again, law degree is a great way of kind of getting into politics, right? And so I was going to, you know, start it off as a poli sci major. And then I had to run in with the police. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of the one of the things in my life, right, that changed the trajectory for me was I get pulled over for a bullshit traffic thing. And before I know it, there's like three cops there hands on their guns you know for like for like a it was a it was a uh uh uh, expired license on a company vehicle i was driving anyway so they played good cop bad cop with me but but i remember sitting there and it was like they kept asking me these questions that i couldn't answer right? Because they were, I mean, you know how the, how this is done, right? You can ask questions in such a way that neither yes nor no is the right answer. Neither one of them, you know, doesn't matter how you respond, it makes you look bad. Yep. And, and at that point, after I, after I sat through that, I went, holy shit, I don't want to be the guy who every day of my life is asking people questions like that that they can't answer. And so that, that was one of the points in my life where I switched and I'm like, okay, forget it. I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. So I went accounting route instead, but um, it's, it's funny how little things like that come along. Right. I mean, so you did the same thing. You were watching the TV shows and you're thinking this is what I want to do. You know, pre-law is really nothing. So you got to have some kind of undergrad stuff. So you get history because you like history. I like history too. Right. Um so it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, again, it's like how much of our own life we can see in other people's lives as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So, mm-hmm. so, so you, you go to law school. I mean, the, 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 the point is, you know, you still wanted to kind of become a judge, sounds like, right. So, so kind of, you know, mm-hmm. how, how did, how did your life change, I guess, maybe you know, when you first went to, went, went to college, because I know for me, it was the same thing. I was, you know, you're in Ohio now. So I'm guessing you raised somewhere in the Midwest as well. Right. And yeah, I stayed in Ohio, stayed in Ohio. Okay. So, and, and I always, my family was, even though I grew up in Idaho, uh, my, my grandparents migrated from, uh, Nebraska, Kansas. So I always said, you know, our family was, you know, Midwestern religious value kind of family, right? So we kind of grew up probably in a similar thing, right? You don't lie, you don't steal, you go to church every Sunday, you know, all the different things like that, right? So so once you kind of left the house and you started going to college, did things change for you or were you still kind of the same person for a while or? Um, I mean, I definitely lost some of
1: the naivety that i i had um kind of growing up in kind of rural area like we lived probably two or three miles outside of town um mm-hmm. and i mean it was literally a town of less than five thousand people so i mean while we didn't live on a farm like across the road there are fields you know there's cornfields and you know up and down the road there's cornfields and you pass cow farms and pig farms and things like that going you know my My, uh, a lot of my family on my dad's side are farmers, you know, they were pig farmers and things. So that's definitely, that's kind of the world um, of around there. Um, And so you don't, and this was also kind of pre or just start, I remember, I remember getting, um, getting all the AOL CDs in the mail when I was in high school. So that kind of times. Tell you what time was. So this is really kind of the pre or very early internet age where, you know, you didn't know what was going on like that. You know, if it wasn't in the newspaper or on the daily news, it didn't exist. Right. So, you know, a lot of things I learned about the world or about growing up or whatever I had to learn by being there in college, which was a totally different environment than what I grew up with and what I was used to. Um, You know, and so that was that was definitely a a step up. That was definitely a growth for me. um, Was um, was at that point going going from small town kid to you know going into a large metropolitan city. You know, I went to school in Columbus. And okay. so, you know, I went to Ohio State. One of the largest
0: u- largest universities in the country, like 100,000 right, yeah. students or something.
1: Yeah, something, you know, like 40,000 or something students in there, you know, and there was as, about as many people in my dorm as there was like in my school, you know. And so um, it definitely, that was a growing experience <laughs> um, for me.
0: Well, and it's interesting because like you said, you know, you guys lived, two to three miles outside of a small town, 5,000 people. It was the same thing, even though I grew up in the, in the Boise, Idaho area, it was, we were actually about five miles outside of a small 2000 person town that was about 10 miles outside of Boise. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of growing up, it was the same, same sort of a thing too. Cause I, I know, you know, you were talking before about that. You, you spent a lot of time alone, didn't necessarily have a lot of friends kind of growing up. Um, I was kind of that same way. I don't know if part of it was geographic wise, right? Cause it's like my next closest friend was a mile away, right? I had to get on my bike and ride, <laughs> you know, and there were only like three kids that lived within two or three miles of me. Right. So it was like, my friends were limited. And, um, and so, yeah, you, you, you we kind of grew up a lot more, isolated so it must have been quite a shock kind of like you said getting to columbus and now all of a sudden being with forty thousand kids from all over the state but from all over the world literally too Mm -hmm. right
1: yeah oh yeah definitely people you know different cultures and things like that and i mean really where i grew up is a very homogenous looking place and so going to to, to a you know, major city where now you've got people of different ethnicities and, and different religious backgrounds and all kinds of like totally different world for me.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Well, and so, you know, I guess at at that point as you start getting exposed to some different things like that, I mean, what, what things were going, were going through your head, you know, at, at, at that point. Um.
1: I think a lot, some of it was still me still kind of being that, that loner, I guess that kind of, and so um, the, some of it was the, the different, the difficulty, I guess, of adjusting to going from basically being myself, you know, I have a, a younger sister who's four years younger than me, but because of that difference in age, you know, I was starting high school and she was still in elementary. I've graduated, you know, before she got into high school. So there was still, there's enough distance in there that we didn't really, I wouldn't necessarily that we were close. We didn't really hang out and play and do that kind of stuff together. Um, so really it was just kind of me doing things. And, you know, then when all of a sudden I'm put into a dorm where I've got a roommate and now I've got, you know, six, you know, five, six other guys living in a suite with me. Um, you know, it was definitely an adjustment of how do I, Interact with people, you know. How do I be friends, or you know, roommates, or just be able to interact on a day-to-day basis with other people my age, uh, which is something that I really didn't have a lot of experience, um, for the most part, doing throughout growing up all the way through high school, even.
0: Um, yeah, so I guess what, what were some of the things that you learned by getting thrown thrown into that kind of situation?
1: Um. I learned to be more conscious of what was going on about other people, about differences, about how other people might um, might take actions. For instance, um, you know the way that I may perceive something or that I intended something when you know it's just kind of me hanging out. It doesn't really, you know, whatever I think, it's fine. But now I've got other people that I'm with, and they have different. Um, different worlds. I mean, they've got different thoughts and they've got backgrounds and everything else that they're coming at. And so they see something differently. You know, they have a different perception of what something means, maybe, Um, you know, for like, I wouldn't think anything of, you know, sitting, you know, something, you know, with a, um, you know, um, with a, with a girl sitting in a room watching television or something like that, thinking it was very innocent, whatever. But a bystander may come in and say, oh, well, you know, that seems dangerous that you're alone with this person. And, you know, those the kind of stuff that I never had to think about. Like that was never really part of my world until getting thrust into this in college. Um, and so that was a really big change for me is having to kind of start thinking about that, but other people and where they're coming from, their backgrounds and how they may perceive things. And I guess maybe being a little bit more intentional, although was probably not something I was really cognizant of at that time about, you know, really being intentional with stuff. But I mean, that maybe was kind of a start of a little bit of that um, even way back then.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like you said, I mean, gr- growing up, I mean, just being by yourself, just with your, your parents, you know, pretty much everything's kind of same old, same old. And now all of a sudden you're, th- you're thrown in, there's all these other people that, you know, to what, what to you was normal or the only thing that you knew kind of growing up now all of a sudden is different right like you know my first I, I didn't stay in a dormitory I stayed in an apartment right so we didn't we didn't have the cafeteria that we could go to so we had to wash our dishes we had to cook for ourselves and it was the same kind of thing where it's like I mean we had you know six 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 of us in this apartment and it was the same thing we all grew up in completely different you know houses and so what we were cooking or the hygiene or lack of hygiene
1: <laughs> especially right? for guys yeah the yeah guy the, guys, the, yeah that
0: the, the, the <laughs> certain people had and it was kind of like what kind of house did you grow up in right it was totally different than my mother's right I had to I had to get my chores done by this time and bah, 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 you know all these different things and it's 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 sometimes can, can be quite shocking right when we start to realize that there are people different than us right and and i think this this is one you'll you'll probably laugh at this too right is um did you know there's more than one way to wipe your butt with toilet paper you probably like didn't direction
1: realize. wise or like yeah,
0: so there's so there <laughs> oh, like the fold versus like wanted type
1: of thing or well there's
0: there's like... fold fold versus wanted front to back or back to front, right? Those are those are some different ways. <clears throat> but the one that you know I already kind of knew that, right? And I was I was taught to fold my I never I didn't know what my mother did in the bathroom, but my father was a folder, so I'm a folder, right? Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Standing versus sitting, hmm. and because we were having a family dinner a little while ago, and you know this is my second marriage, and so it was funny because my you know my wife and her kids and their their girlfriends you know were with us, and her ex husband was with us, and we were we were t- I don't know how that came up around the table, and it's like, well, do you stand to wipe, or do you wipe while you're sitting, right? And so what was funny is everybody around the table did it one way, except for me and one of the girlfriends. And it was like, hmm. I just had no idea, right? That, you know, why would you stand up to wipe? You're already sitting in your, <laughs> anyway, but right. So when we, when we start to become aware of some of these different things right and and again a lot of that it's it's it didn't surprise me when when my wife and her ex-husband both stood right if they both stand to wipe then it would make sense that their two boys would stand to wipe because that's what they were what they were modeled right Mm -hmm. um just like i was modeled to fold right the the toilet paper Mm -hmm. but um but yeah so when we when we come out of that kind of closeting if you will of what we what we think the world is only like this because that's the only way we've been taught and the only experience we've had in the world right that that now all of a sudden things things change as we come out so anyway <laughs> had to throw in that little story i just i just still find it fascinating right um, uh yeah
1: well that's Uh, a tuesday afternoon for you i guess
0: Uh. (laughs) that's just how that's just how i roll right okay anyway so um so all right so right so you you start having these other experiences in in uh at university Mm -hmm. right and then you end up going on to law school obviously eventually but you know i'm i'm guessing you know when along the time here too did you did you meet your wife because i know that's usually again kind of a pivotal time um, for most for most people in, in their lives as well. So we met
1: in law school. Well, I was in law school, I guess. Um, she was not. Um, she was out uh, in the working world. Um, but um, I actually met online. Uh, one of the first um, people that we knew that had met online, most people at that point, it was still the, again, kind of the internet, the young internet days. And so there was still kind of that whole you know oh is that really safe meeting people that you you know somebody online and you know we still get that you know we we tell people you know when they uh, when they ask us how we met we'd say oh you know we met on you know an extra time it was yahoo personals again oh, dating okay. myself there um and when we tell people you know yeah we met online we'd always get these kind of strange looks like really
0: and like like you yeah.
1: know um you know like like really like, kind of crazy people but um yeah, it, uh, it, it, it worked, but it was um, it was actually my first year of law school um, right around spring break time that, uh, that we met and had a very awkward first date at a subway that was right next to the law school um, where we spent a lot of the time talking about the, the wallpaper that had like the subway print and everything on it, of, like New York City subway or whatever like that. And so we talked a lot about that because we were both kind of nervous and awkward at, with it. Um, and and walked both, walked away thinking, you know, that that was a train wreck. We're never going to see that person again. That was just terrible. Um, and then lo and behold, we're now gracious 16, 18 years later now. Um, still together, still kicking, still putting up with each other, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, and this is what's 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 so nice, right? Is I mean, there's always. There's always someone for everyone and everyone for someone, right? At least. And, and I think it's um I was an awkward kid too, right? I was the last one to be picked on, you know, when you had, when you were picking football, right? I was like the kid that was last left, right? And I was good, right? But for some reason <laughs> I was always like that kid that was left out. I was the kid with the big ears and had glasses early and I don't know, whatever, right? <laughs> And I know, you know, I mean, you, you talked about that when you were younger of kind of, you know, being alone, maybe feeling a little awkward. Your first date was kind of that way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so maybe let's talk about that a little bit, too, because I think sometimes, you know, those of us that don't feel like we fit in. Don't realize how many of us out there. Feel like we don't fit in. <laughs> right like the majority of people don't feel like they fit in um so 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 maybe let's let's talk a little bit about that because i i I heard you say you know too when we were talking about that it's like well i kind of know why you know that probably happened but 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 you know sort of thing too so so let's go let's go there for a little bit so
1: i think that and I've lost my train of thought on you. Um,
0: That's all right. It comes back, comes back it, very quickly, right?
1: Or just Amtrak's off the side and <laughs> goes up in flames and oh. we'll have to uh, <laughs> um, come up with something, but um, yeah, you have to try it. Yeah. Ask me again. I have to,
0: well, so I, I know, you know, you said when you were younger that you felt like mm-hmm. you didn't fit in. So maybe what, what are some of the reasons why you felt like you didn't fit in?
1: Um, so for me, I think a big part, some of it was the geography, I think you kind of mentioned. Um, there were some other kids sort of my age that lived on my road. Um, we kind of had a, our road had quite a few houses on it and there were some other kids on it. So I did have some kids, friends that way. But again, still that distance from town. So pr- predominantly most of the kids lived in town. And so they would all get to play with each other, hang out, you know, as we grew up, they got to know each other. Um, And so I had that distance away from them. um, uh, Kind of keeping me from really getting to know them. And they kind of small town grew up together and kind of formed their own little groups. And it really kind of got hard to kind of get into some of those as I got older. Um, But another reason was that... um, predominantly in the area where I grew up, probably 95% of my town was raised Roman Catholic. And I was not, Um, I was raised up as, as Lutheran, as Protestant. And so there was also a little bit of that. I think that there was a little, you know, they all had that thing in common. They all went to, uh, went to mass every Saturday or whatnot, and they had things they were all together and, and doing. And I was kind of the oddball out. And they kind of had a, a little bit of a way that they would grow up that was different than me, you know. And so there was that, always those little differences. Um, and just kind of finding, you kind of get as a small town, just kind of forming a little groups. So that's really kind of hard to get in. You know, the longer they've go. Um, And so just never really found a way to get into those. And, and again, looking back, I don't know if I ever really, probably really wanted to get into some of those necessarily, you know, I was never really, you know, in the jocks with football guys or whatever like that, you know, in high school, I got to, you know, fit with the band nerds, Um, you know, we kind of all stick together, but, um, you know, beyond that, um, you know, and I just, I also just enjoyed being myself, being by myself. Um, I didn't necessarily feel that I needed to be around other people, or that I needed to um, have someone else around all the time to keep myself occupied or to to have a good time. You know, I could do that by myself from, in a book, actually, a lot of times. But
0: um, well, I think I think that's interesting that you say that because I've I've always kind of been that way too. I'm I'm actually an extreme introvert but I play an extrovert on, on On podcasts, podcasts wherever else. Right. But, um, but I do enjoy being by myself. Right. So as an introvert, you don't need other people to help recharge your battery You recharge your own battery. Right. Where some people it's like, Oh, for them to get recharged, they got to go to a party or they got to do something with other people. Right. And, And what's, what's interesting is, you know, again, hopefully I'm getting wiser as I'm getting older, but, you know, so many people actually wish that they could be comfortable being by themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so many people, especially when they, when they start moving to more, uh, you know, mindful practices or other things like that, they can't slow down their mind. They can't, they can't handle being alone or being separated from people. Uh, you know, for a while because they just have, have, have never learned how to do that, right? So that that hasn't been an issue that you've really had to learn. You've always kind of been comfortable in that situation. It's more like learning, you know, how, how do I fit in socially at work or, or or a lot of the other things like that is kind of where where you're going, right? Like we, we all have kind of different paths that we have to go.
1: Right. No, exactly. And I think that was a lot of high school towards the end of high school, I remember, you know, dressing what I thought other people would like, or that would be, you know, kind of fitting a, a certain kind of a picture or kind of a thing that I thought would help me fit in. And I think the same thing happened in undergrad and college, you know, the same way as like, what do I need to do to fit in, you know, what I need to do to f- have, you know, to, uh, some girl like me or, you know, to be, people want to be friends or whatnot. And, um, and even st- you know, in my legal practice, um, you know, it was what do I need to do to feel like for other people to accept me as a lawyer or as a good lawyer, um, you know, and trying to think, what does that look like? What do I need to look like? What do I need to wear? I need to wear the tie and the suit and and then whole nine yards. I need to speak a certain way and use these big, crazy words that people don't understand what they mean and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And like you said, it's all kind of think trying to fit in ultimately and like hopefully with age as you mentioned kind of as we get older kind of realize at least I have that it's not really worth it like it's better to be myself um, and I'd much rather be comfortable sitting here you know in a hoodie and in a, t- a hat what doing this as opposed to you know whereas in a t-shirt as opposed to sitting there exactly as opposed to uh you know all suiting up and everything else and
0: well and it's funny because i i'll i'll you know again part of this is you know self-embarrassment right to to kind oh, of course. share but it but it's but it's 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 funny because you know what do I need to do to fit in I mean how many times in my life have I said that to myself as well right and it was you know sometimes some some silly things because you know for for me especially I mean we had some we had some financial troubles in our family um late 70s was a huge was a a bad time for the building industry my dad was a builder so we didn't have the money that other people had right and so you know when there were things like you know everybody started wearing levi 501s right i wanted to wear levi's like everybody else my dad got levi's for work but i had to wear the wrestlers and and the wranglers the wranglers right? yep mm-hmm. and um Yeah, Wranglers was a step down, but Wrestlers was even another step down. And I was wearing both of them, right? Mm -hmm. And so I remember, you know, the point in time when, because there's stores like Ross and some of these other discount places, right, where you can effectively get name brand clothing, but it's like a year out of date, or there's something that's a little bit different with them. And so I remember, you know, I'd earned enough money and I, I bought my first pair of Levi's. They weren't 501s, they were snap, and they had an orange tab on the back instead of the red. So here I was, right? I was so proud that I finally, I'd saved up, I bought my first pair of Levi's, and I wear them to school, and what do you think the kids said? Those aren't 501s, they've got a yellow thing on the back, or an orange thing on the on the pocket instead of the red, those aren't the real things, Right. So you'd think I would learn, right? Same thing, members only jackets. You know, everybody had the members only jackets and they were, they were so cool. I I finally saved up because my parents wouldn't pay for, you know, buy me one. So, and you know how in a lot of times in, in stores, they got like those funky kind of lights.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so you're not really sure. So I was looking at this members only jacket, looked like it was gray to me right? And I'm not colorblind, but with the lighting and everything else, it looked like it was gray. So I'm mm-hmm. like, wonderful, right? Gray is the color I wanted. I buy it. I take it outside. I put it on. No, it's got like a like a lime gray, green hint to it, right? So, <laughs> so it was like the same thing. You know, here I was trying to fit in and I was almost fitting in but I, w- I still wasn't really fully fitting in, right? And again, I, I wish that I had learned my lesson when I was, you know, 13 or whatever I was at that point. But no, I have had to keep keep doing the same kind of stuff, right? Just like you're talking about. Do I have to wear a, a suit and tie, put on a monkey suit? And I, Do I have to use big words in order to fit in? And it seems like at some point we just kind of say, fuck it, it's too much. Right. And we just finally stopped. So how how was it, I guess, kind of in your life? You know, when did you kind of decide it was time to quit trying to be like everybody else and just be yourself? So even
1: out of law school, like coming out of law school, again, you kind of have that brand new baby lawyer, don't know what you're doing. It felt like I had to look the part, look like a lawyer, Um, you know, so it was the wearing the suits, we're dressing up and things like that. And, and that kind of kept going again, I've been practicing 15 years now. So it's probably, probably went on for a good 10, 10 or 11 years at least um, where I still had this idea in my head that this is what a lawyer looks like. This is how a lawyer dresses. This is how a lawyer acts. This is how a lawyer talks. And I don't know what specifically, like, I can't say that there was one event specifically that's then changed me. know that like this happened and you know the lights came and the thunder struck me and i was all like oh (gasps) that's stupid right yeah (laughs) like i don't i don't have one of those type of moments for it um i think it was just kind of a gradual realization that um i didn't enjoy getting dressed up like that like i didn't like to have to go in there and wear a tie especially on days where i wasn't meeting with a client or wasn't going into court like sitting at my desk doing something, why do I need to be all dressed up for this? Like, I'm not comfortable in it. I'd much rather wear, you know, a sweater, let's say, as opposed to a dress shirt, Um, you know, or a nice pair of more of a casual pant as opposed to, a you know, part of a suit or something. Like, why do I have to get all fancied up for, for that? And eventually, um I started working from home. And so that really probably push that further now because now I didn't have anybody to impress. Like it was me at home working. I'd get up, I'd walk down the hallway to my office and I'd start working, you know, maybe I put pants on, maybe not depending on the day, how I felt, you know, how cold um, it was. Right. You right, know. Yeah. Yeah. If I kept the, the thermostat, the, the heater was up, maybe I didn't uh, need any that day, but, um, I, I think that's probably really pushed it where I started to be like, I can just kind of wear whatever. Cause nobody sees me. um, and then ultimately, I kind of, I guess, just kind of realized that, hey, the, the show, the, you know, what's expected or my, what I have in my head is what is professional? What is a lawyer like? I, I don't know where that even came from. Like, that's something that I've seen on television, probably goes back to the television show that maybe mm-hmm. want to be a lawyer. That's what they look like. Um, but I realized that's not. What a lawyer is—that's not what a professional is. It has somebody that has to look like that, somebody that has to use the big words, um, somebody that has to be or act or, or come across in a certain way. Like that's not what makes a person a lawyer. Um, I don't need to do that um, to to feel or to be a lawyer. And so, I guess my my identity maybe started to to change around that—that that I can be whoever I wanted to be. And I could if I want to be a lawyer, you know what? I'm a lawyer because that's what I, I want to be. Or, you know, if I want to be a, a coach or if I want to be whatever, it doesn't matter what I wear or how I act or whatever like that. That's that's all irrelevant. That's all BS. It's it's who I want to be. Um, like I said, unfortunately, there was no lightning. I can't point to anything, but something that just kind of gradually has come to me over the years, over the last four or five years, maybe.
0: Well, no, and I, th- I think it's, you know, you don't have to apologize for it because most of us, there isn't some lightning strike kind of, you know, experience. Things just happen or we change slowly over time, right? Because of of little experiences that we probably don't even really recognize. But, you know, especially, I mean, I can totally understand this, right? Coming out of, you know, you coming out of law school, you you get hired by a firm, there's usually expectations right that the firm places on you about how you're supposed to dress and what you're supposed to do it was the same thing for me right when i when i graduated from college and i went to work for arthur anderson which is one of the big big firms in the in the country at the time and i remember you know obviously we had expectations right like it was white shirt, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, you could wear a blue shirt. And then Friday, it was kind of casual dress. You didn't have to wear a tie. You right?
1: have to wear a shirt that day? Was that the...
0: Yeah, that you th- the you the th- still, th- we still had to wear a shirt, but we could wear a polo shirt, I want to say. or I don't know. Anyway, it was casual Friday or maybe it started off as it was Monday to Thursday was white shirt. And then we could start wearing a blue shirt. And then eventually it eased up and we could go to blue shirt on Thursday. Anyway, you know, something like that. But it, but it was... It was all just the indoctrination in, in what those expectations were. Now, was there, mm-hmm. was there really any reason for it, per se, other than it just being something that you're indoctrinated in? Not really, right? But even, even you know, you went back a little further. One of my professors when I was in college, he worked at Anderson back in the, in the 50s in early 60s. And back then, you had to, you had to wear a fedora hat, you know, suit. And you had to carry a leather briefcase that was just required. And it was also required, like if you were a partner in the firm and you were outside in your lawn doing work, you still had to be wearing like khakis and a button down. So we'd have partners that would be like mowing their lawn on Saturday afternoon in like business, what we would consider now business casual or nice business casual kind of wear, just in case a client drove by and saw the partner you know, heaven forbid that he was sweating. But, but I remember my professor telling me the first day he showed up for work, right? He, he, he showed up, he had his, his suit and his hat on like he was supposed to. And, and he comes in and the manager's like, uh, Frank, where's your briefcase? He's like, I don't have a briefcase. Like Frank, you got to have a briefcase. I don't have anything to carry in a briefcase. doesn't matter, Frank, before we get to the client, we're going to the store and you're buying yourself a briefcase. So he walked into the client's office, carrying a briefcase, an empty empty briefcase that he just bought because that was the expectation. Right. And it's like, how stupid is this? Right. I mean, how many of these things are we continuing to carry over and live in our lives like that? Right. Which you know is a big deal to me and it is to you too. Right. It's like, you know when when do we stop all the silliness and just put it aside and realize that it doesn't really matter? I think you're still a professional attorney, even if you wear a t shirt. I'm glad that you feel. You that either way. know yeah. what you're talking about or you don't, <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure you got a law license somewhere, right? So I haven't taken away yet. So yeah, haven't taken it away yet. Um, but but it's but it's interesting. Like and like you said, I I think. I think your experience is what most of us have, right? Is that we just it it does. It takes us a while to kind of get to to wherever it is that we're that we're gonna kind of go to. Um but anyway, so I want I, I wanted to because I, I know I can just sit here and talk forever, but you, know, you gotta get back to work. I gotta get back to work too, right? But but um but I wanted to kind of circle back, you know, because I know when you when you said um you know your first date was a little awkward. With your wife, how did how did that change, right? Because I, I think you said you both kind of walked away feeling like, okay, that was kind of weird, right? Yeah. But it obviously wasn't because thing you know things have worked out and you guys have a beautiful daughter as a result of it. So, so so kind of what happened because I, I know sometimes we'll have experiences like that. And then we'll go home and beat ourselves up and think, oh, I'm, you know, uh, whatever, right? But but what happened? Because I want to know. (laughs) Something happened. Brad put on the charm. Or maybe she did. I don't know.
1: Yeah. You're actually, you're you're closer, I think, than you think, than you realize. So um, I told you it was around spring break. I think it was like right before spring break when we had this, this subway date and i was actually so towards the end of sort during undergrad during college was kind of when um, instant messenger was a big thing aol instant messenger so we'd always be chatting and things like that on there and talking to people whatever like that and finding stuff um and then as got to the end of law school or at the end of college and the beginning of law school, then you started getting these online dating things kind of be a thing, whatever, kind of the next stage of evolution or whatever. And so I would um just like I met my to be wife on there, I would go and I would chat up with other girls on 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 there online, stuff like that. Um and, and actually had discussed with one of them to come visit during spring break. Um she we are spring breaks aligned with each other and so she was um in pharmacy school, and was actually going to take time, and she's going to come and we're going to meet and hang out for the week or whatever, like that. And um, she actually ended up uh, the week before she was supposed to come, she ended up breaking her arm. I don't remember what she was dancing or something like that, I think, and she broke her arm. And so it wasn't her arm or leg or something. I remember and So wasn't able to drive and come out and visit. And so my whole plans, kind of for the whole spring break, were now gone. I'm like, well, now what am I going to do? Like, you know, kind of hang out with her. I don't know what's going on. Um, and so, ended up, and I, I don't remember how it was. because Again, this has been almost twenty years ago now. Um, reached back out to my wife following that first date, and found out that she was actually sort of, kind of casually dating some other guy at the time. And, um, I decided at that point, and I don't really, I don't know why I decided at the time, but I decided that, you know what, I'm just going to win her over, you know, we had an awkward first date. I wouldn't necessarily say that there was a lot of attraction or that like, you know, we like were soulmates or anything like that at the time. Um, but all of a sudden I just got and got a little competitive streak and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to win her over from this other guy. I don't know who he is. I don't think about him, but you know what? Screw him! I'm just gonna I'm gonna win, and and I did.
0: And so I, <laughs> uh, I love it. It's like mild mannered, nice Brad, and all of a sudden he's like, I'm gonna kick this guy's ass! I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take her away <laughs> Yeah, um,
1: and yeah, and so uh, you know, a couple couple dates and hanging out, and um, you know, she spent a couple nights over and he was out of the picture at that point now. And, and it was me. Um, and I've not been able to get rid of her since. So, you know,
0: Well, it's funny because, you know, at the time you didn't know why you do it. I think now you probably know why you did though. Right. And what actually was going on there.
1: You know, even now, some of it was me just saying, screw it. Like I'm tired of, of the neediness. I'm tired of feeling like, uh it's out of my control, out of my hands. And so I'm I'm just going to do something completely different, something that's totally kind of out, out there left field for me, something that I wouldn't run, normally do. Um, and I did it with, ironically enough, without attachment. I didn't really, like, I was like, you know what? It doesn't work out, big deal. But you know what? Heck, I'm going to try. I'm going I'm to win her over. And I just had it in my head that I was going to do it. And so, now, looking back, I can see that was probably the first time that I really manifested something. um and in this case, it ended up being my wife.
0: Mm-hmm. so well, because that's a that's a huge manifesting thing, right? Because again, I mean, it's you know you're a good student, you'll get into college, you'll you know a good student, you'll get into law school. those those kind of things, yes, it takes some some things to do. But as you were sitting there talking about it, you know, like you said that, Getting tired of things being out of your hands, right? And so what you didn't realize, you know, was you set an intention, intention, yep, without attachment, mm-hmm. and you actually stepped into the power of Brad, right? Yep. Instead of instead of letting things happen to you, to you, you created what you wanted to have happen.
1: That's exactly right
0: and it's a huge difference in how you feel too, isn't it? Yep. I mean, I could actually tell as you were, as you were talking right there mm-hmm. and you were telling that story, your energy even changed as we were talking, yep. as you were warmer and it was, and it was almost as if you were like, right. You, mm-hmm. you got two inches taller, right. You know, as, 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 as it kind of goes too. And it's, you know, that's where it's it's amazing anytime that we do, that we set intentions, that we go after something without attachment and we step into our power. It's amazing the things that we can actually manifest or create. Yep. Hmm. You know? mm. So, you know, I know I know it kind of threw it throughout the little, the little tra- trailer at the beginning about your daughter. Um, mm-hmm. Evelyn, because it was, um, I think she's just a cutie anyway. I've seen some pictures, um, she but, gets it honest, so she uh, gets, <laughs> <a joke>. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, um, you know, as, as, as opposed to your, you know, and again, I mean, we both, we both grew up religious. Um, I would not consider myself religious now I'm spiritual. If you want to use a word or whatever, intuitive, um, and I know you've kind of, you know, moved moved that way as well. And um, you know, some of the some of the things that, like I said, I've seen some some pictures of what you guys are doing on Facebook and and some of the, you know, things maybe before of you stepping into more of who you are and what you like to do and just doing what you like to do instead of trying to do what everybody else wants to do. Right, um, is apparent to me. Right, it's one of the things that I admire about you, um, as well, is that you're just you're who you are, right? Um, and and I and I think it's 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 interesting, right? So so as an example, right, is most families because we were joking about this before we hit record, right? It's like, you know, you got a seven year old girl, and you're going on vacation right? Mm-hmm. So so where do most families take their seven-year-old kid on vacation, right? A theme park, Disney World, something like that, right? Where'd you guys go? We went to the mountains of
1: Asheville, North Carolina.
0: Asheville, North Carolina. Now, mm-hmm. what is special about Asheville, North Carolina for people that don't know? The people that know are going to go, <laughs> oh man, I okay, I get it, right? But <laughs> The people that don't know about Asheville, North Carolina, what's special about that place?
1: Well, um, so I don't know how uh, crazy we, we want to go. We don't have a lot, that much time to get
0: into it, deep in it. We're um, just, just going to dip people's toes dip in it and then they dip can them. come yeah, back. I'm going to lose all later. your audience.
1: I don't know how, you know, although care. at this point, if they're your audience, I'm sure they're fully merged. <laughs> so I'm sure nothing at this point, but, um, so, there are, we'll just say there are places on the planet that tend to have more energy than others, power places, power spots, or whatever on the planet. And um, in the United States, in particular, there are two or three of them. Um, one of them is Sedona, Arizona, which most people have heard of or whatever, talk about the vortexes and things like that out there. Um, and another one is Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and so that was one of the draws for me particularly to to head out there to visit um was to be able to take in that energy and be part of that um for for a nice week
0: yeah well and it was you know because i I saw the video because I know it all started off because you know I love music and you know we've talked about that stuff I got the guitar and there's a couple of drums back there and I just bought myself a Native American flute too so I'm gonna do a nice Facebook live on that here in a little bit but so so I like music, right? I love music, right? And and so, you know, Brad sends me this little video of his daughter playing the drums, right? And and it's this big group of people, but you can see that there there's an older man that's there with her kind of showing her how to how to play the drums, right? And it was a drumming circle that was there, right? So maybe just explain to people kind of what a what a drumming circle is because I know there there's one they do them in different places, but I know Asheville, it's like re- regular on the mm-hmm. clock, like once a week, there are a couple times a week. They do, Yeah, they do this in one of the parks down there, but what, what, what is mm-hmm. it and kind of.
1: Yeah. So every Friday evening um, just people come together like it's in a downtown park in Asheville and they just play their drums together. Um, they're all hand drums. So you're not, you know, you're not talking about like, you know, um drum 40 piece like drum that. set you know rock right yeah you're set. not drum set you're not talking you know like marching band stuff none of that kind of a thing you know timpanis nothing but but hand drums and so you've got and there must have been at one point probably 40 people maybe more um just all sitting around and there's kind of tiered it's kind of like a little almost like a little natural amphitheater kind of stuff with like tiered seating and so there'll be people kind of sitting in the tiers and just playing drums all together. And there's no set music. There's no, um, I mean, it, basically everybody just comes down and just starts playing. Somebody kind of gets started and everybody just kind of falls in line and plays and and you, everybody kind of do their thing and um, kind of whatever comes to them. And this is something they do, like I said, every week, every Friday, um, they, they have this drum circle in Asheville. Um, and my daughter loves music. Um, she's taking piano lessons. She loves just to sing. Um, she loves to dance. Um, she might be a cheerleader, but that's another ball entirely. <laughs> um, but she just loves doing that kind of stuff. And and so my, you know, I was like, hey, you know, to my wife, I bet she will really enjoy doing that. You know, she really enjoyed doing this drum circle. Um, so she got and played drums, or even just looks Like we didn't even intend for anything outside of just sitting there and listening to the drums. Got to be part of that, and she could dance to them or whatever. And figured, you know what, she'll probably like that. So we we set up the our our dates when we we're doing things during the week, so that on that la- on that Friday we would be in downtown Asheville doing things. And the plan was to do all the stuff. We'd do shopping and all that and then eat dinner and then go to the drum circle. And we didn't tell her we were going to do this. Um, so this was kind of a surprise for her, like kind of the end of the vacation. We're going to go do this. Um, and we got there, and she immediately pulls out a book and starts reading. <laughs> <laughs> starts to play. Like, we're doing this for you girl and you're reading we're, yeah she, like they're drum. everybody's going and she's there sitting there with a face in a book and and the uh, the gentleman that you saw in that in the video with her um i think he's one of the kind of organizers or something like that he's a former educator i think he's a um um he's a a ranger a forest ranger down there as well and so he like saw her reading the book and kind of pointed her out and got my wife to get her up there and took her up to the drums and she just went to town and she was playing until her, literally until her arms got too tired and sore and she had to stop. Um, otherwise she would have kept on playing if she could have, but she just got tired of it. Um, but she had a, she had a great time and that um, was one of the highlights of her trip. Not, she liked the, the, the gem mining,
0: probably number one, but. Um, well, who doesn't like mining for gems? I mean, come on, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that Did was you guys that, find that anything good too you...
1: we we got some geo we got a, a nice big big piece like this She sent little amethysts and little quartz and a lot of rose quartz and different things like that so huh. um a lot of things she's yeah she like really likes gems and rocks and crystals and things like that so
0: well yeah. and it's fun that you know again she you know, cause that, that's the thing too. And again, my hat's off to all the parents that are out there trying to, to do good with kids now, you know, again, where it's like, you guys didn't force her to do it. I mean, if she would, if she wanted to just sit there and read the book, that's okay. She's still participating and listening to the music, you know, but the fact that she actually got involved and loved it so much. And I mean, you can just, you could see on her face too. Right. I mean, she was just loving what was going on. And he was sitting there teaching her, you know, how to do it and kind of the drum patterns and stuff like that, you know, and, and for her to go, that's an experience, right? Not only was it fun, but it actually touched her at a deeper level that she probably didn't even realize too, because anytime that you have, you know, sessions like that where people are coming together and making music together, there's no set agenda. There's no set, you know, music, it's just everybody coming and being themselves and playing what's coming from their soul. And the beautiful thing is when everybody does that, it makes beautiful music. I mean, you just sit back and listen Mm -hmm. to that. And it's like, because I love drumming music, obviously, right? I mean, I've got different kinds of drums, but but it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And now she, you know, has that experience and can you know, continue to tap into that even, even after you get back too. but, but I, uh, you know, the picture that I made reference to at the beginning, because I know you have a, a meditative, you know, and mindful practices that you do as well. And it was just seeing your daughter sitting there in nature in a meditative pose and the bliss that was on her face just melted me, <laughs> right? Like, you know, as adults, we're sitting there and, you know, we're usually trying to do these things and we're like, oh, oh, how long is the it been? It's been two minutes. Oh, geez. Okay. I got to keep, I keep going. You know, yeah. Oh, five, I made five minutes. Okay. Ah, ah, you know, but to sit there and see her in just that state of bliss, you know, to me, it was beautiful. I'm like, you're doing a good job, daddy, keep it up, you know, sort of thing. And for all the parents that are out there doing that that you know you just do the best you can but those the memories are the things that your kids are going to remember and and making those memories with them is just wonderful wonderful.
1: wonderful. yeah yeah memories experiences they're so much more valuable than than stuff
0: well your kids are going to throw the whatever you the stuff is that you buy them
1: and it'll break and everything break. else and get outdated and all that kind of stuff right yeah
0: well, and, and I know, too, from just in, in my family, you know, as we're sitting around talking, it's it's never the things that people got that they talk about or that they reminisce about from childhood. It's usually the experiences or the stories. It's the times when you're laughing. You know, the things that at the time are not so funny, like when my... When my son locked all of us out of the car in the middle of the night, in the middle of Nebraska, and I had to run three miles to find somebody to, try to, to call the sheriff to get us back in the car. So be not funny when it happened, right? But funny now as you look back on it. And it's those kind of experiences, too, that that people end up remembering. So. Well, Brad, this has been great. Anything, anything else that you want to want to share as as we wrap up here that you don't think that we covered today that people need to hear? Or...
1: I mean, like you said, it's you know, I, I, I it, it's a, it's a practice. It's a, it, it's kind of a. I don't even know the words to describe it. Um, it it's a shift. It's just been. A, a, a change and um, how I approach things from, you know, the the, the guy, the kid, really, who wanted to um, wanted to be a lawyer because he saw the judges on TV, and um, you know, got thrown into a, a scary, you know, a new situation in, in undergrad where he didn't know how to to act with others and how to socialize, and uh, you know, and, and didn't really understand and appreciate the differences between people. I mean, I just kind of assumed everyone was kind of like me at that point. I mean, I didn't know any better. I didn't know anyone had different thoughts of it. And, um, you know, and, and the idea kind of looking back now of it's not really that necessary to fit in, um, that it's all about, you know, the expectations that you might have and and that they're really worthless. You know, they're, they're all in your head. Like we took so much pressure on ourselves to meet these expectations that we have for ourselves. Um, and, and I I even wrote a post about it today on LinkedIn about how, um, you know, all of us in our heads, like nobody else really cares. Um, it's not that somebody else is putting these things on us, but it's all something that we've got in our head. And so, I mean, these are things that I've, I've been learning. These are lessons that I've been working through here over the last, well, you know, good part of my life here and particularly more recently and, and something I'm trying to pass on to her, my daughter um you know kind of the importance of of appreciating others for their differences um for you know not feeling you to fit in you know like one of the things we talk about with her you know she talks about you know about being weird you know and we kind of explain you know weird just means different and different is good like being different from other people being weird is a good thing it's not a bad thing you know it's not something we use to put down people or, or say negative things about um And so it's just trying to kind of teach her those things, those lessons that I've been taking on, um, and trying to help her give her a heads up, give her a leg up, I should say, um, on on where I was, so that she can start down that road from young age, you know, Um, you know, focusing on on that stuff and on kindness. Like she's one of the kindest souls that I've ever met. Like her first, like. she had actually a kind of a show and tell thing today in school and one of the things she wanted to take was a little stone that has a unicorn on it and she talked and you know i asked her well why you want to take that you know what are you going to tell them about the reason for bringing this in today and she's like well because my favorite animal is unicorn um you know and because it represents uh helping others you know and i mean that's really like she's always concerned about people um you know she plays soccer and doesn't want to hurt anybody else she's always very timid around it because she doesn't want to kick anybody to hurt them like and somebody falls she immediately rushes over like she's all about that um and so like you know it's just trying to help her that and then the lessons i learned from her are yeah
0: Well, because that's the amazing thing is we end up learning more from our kids Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, we're, our, kids we're, are our greatest teachers. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, and again, it's that, you know, I love what you said there that, you know, because so many of us have, have grown up our whole life thinking that we're weird and thinking that being weird is is bad. So we've spent most of our life trying to not be what we think is weird and try to fit in with everybody else. But the thing that's really amazing about people is their weirdness, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing that the people actually love the most about others <coughs> is is their weirdness it's yep. it's what's what's different in them what makes you different from somebody else and you know i mean i grew up with mr roger you know that too right i mean he's he's yep. he's my man right Which and he was was always was always telling us that we're special just because of who we are we don't have to be anybody different we just have to be us because, you know, that's what makes this world a beautiful place. And and the sooner that we all come to terms with that, that we all understand that, that we all start helping other people realize that and, and embrace other people's differences and um, just love them and be kind, um, this world is a beautiful place. And that's, like I said, Brad, that's one of the things I love about you because um, I, I know you've got that kind mm-hmm. heart too and um you know love love what you're doing in all aspects of your life as well and i just like you as a friend so it's been it's been (laughs) it's been fun jamming with you for a little while too so um i appreciate it and we'll have to i know that was kind of kind of a backstory we might have to do another one that gets into some other areas or uh talk a little bit more about music because i was a band turned too. (laughs) as well so anyway (laughs) all right well thanks brad i really appreciate it and uh keep up keep up all the good work that you're doing appreciate it
1: thank you thanks
0: and that's a wrap thanks for listening the fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.